Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to another edition of Alternative News, brought to you by Andrew Irving from the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament. In a lead-up to May Day, we're very glad to have today to talk about May Day, Len Cooper, who is currently the Secretary of the May Day Committee, and Bluey Rutherford, who is currently the President of the May Day Committee. Bluey, could you say something about your history as a trade unionist and your history as a representative in the May Day Committee? Just briefly, Andrew, trade union official for more than 35 years, held most positions as a union person from shop steward, committee management member, secretary and uh, national secretary. That's the union background but so far as the Melbourne May Day Committee is concerned have held various positions including treasurer and chairperson and have been on the May Day Committee for more than 40 years. Len, could you similarly give us some sort of background? Sure, yeah, my background is fairly similar to Bluey's union background. I was the Victorian Secretary of the Communication Workers Union for many decades and also National President. Likewise, my May Day committee experience would be 30 to 40 years, but in recent years I've been the Secretary of the May Day committee. The history of the Labor movement and memory of the many struggles that have taken place in the trade union movement. Now, May Day has been an integral part of those campaigns for uh, wages, conditions and many of the social issues. Could you give some examples of the many campaigns that have been highlighted in the May Day marches over the years? Some of them that stick out is the question of shorter hours. The campaign for proper payment of penalty rates, opposition to the attack on trade unions through the penal provisions of the then Conciliation and Arbitration Commission. Another important breakthrough was the question of the shorter working week. In very early days, it used to be um, two weeks annual leave, then we achieved three weeks annual leave, and then four weeks annual leave, 17.5% loading, and uh, other conditions that have benefited uh, workers uh, in all sections of industry. With apprenticeship and training, that issue was one of the key campaigns in the 50s and 60s that also was raised in the May Day marches. Yeah, well, the question of... um full-time apprenticeship training and daylight training were an integral part of uh, May Day activities. And at one bit time in the 50s and the 60s, apprentices went on strike to achieve uh, daylight training because prior to that they used to have a six-year apprenticeship and uh, most of the training through the theoretical side of their training had to be done at night at a technical college. It put a great imposition on apprentices after a very long working day and a campaign uh, led by the unions and supported very effectively by apprentices on the job achieved the uh, proper training in uh, daylight hours paid for by the employer. Another important aspect that's under challenge today is that the apprentices used to get their tools provided by the boss 
but I understand in more recent times that uh, entitlement has been eroded away. Maybe, Len, you can answer this. Why was May Day so important for these types of campaigns? Well, I think May Day has traditionally been a supporter of militant union struggle for workers, and those unions generally that have made breakthroughs have been militant unions that have been prepared to organise members to exercise their industrial power. So I think that solidarity between unions in May Day and the fact that they supported uh, militant struggle for the betterment of workers was probably a a pretty fundamental reason. If we take, you know, the telecommunication union, which I come from, uh, and this is mirrored in a lot of unions, but we are able to get pay rises for workers every year for 30 years, and we're still doing that. So they've always had pay increases. They had to be fought for many times, but they've always had them. And then working conditions, like the, uh, the 36 and three quarter hour week, was won through militant struggle of our rank and file in 1975. And that was the first group of non-administrative workers in the world that broke the 40-hour barrier. And that's still something that our members enjoy with the nine-day fortnight. I think May Day, in a sense, brings a more active, more militant unions together mm. and, in fact, celebrates their struggles and their victories has been fairly important in all of that. The one feature of the May Day over a number of years is obviously international solidarity between workers of the world, but also the participation of migrant communities in May Day. What do you think the importance of that represents within the May Day movement? From the Melbourne May Day Committee point of view, we've always supported the concept of internationalism, which means supporting people's struggle not only in your own country, that people struggle all around the world. And uh, perhaps vivid examples of that, Andrew, was the support we provided for the people of East Timor, the people's uh, struggle in Vietnam for independence and national sovereignty, and uh, many, many other countries, uh, we we took a similar position. And similarly on the question of the uh, refugees today, if people are genuine refugees coming out from countries that are ravaged by um, colonialism and by struggles against their own uh, dictators, they've got every right to be protected under international conventions and the Melbourne May Day Committee believes the attitude of governments, both Labor and Liberals' attitude towards the refugees has been abhorrent and something that has to be changed in the spirit of internationalism and supporting people's rights around the world. Yeah, and I think on that question of, uh, of um, international solidarity and solidarity generally, I think as May Day does, it supports ultimately a change of the social system from one that's based on profit to one that's based on community good and community need. Then I think that that uh, international solidarity of not only uniting with workers who are struggling, but other section, sectors of the population, migrants and, and uh, refugees and uh, asylum seekers. It becomes part of our international's duty to unite more and more people because it's only that united mass of people throughout the whole world that's going to change the system to one that can solve some of the workers' major problems today. Uh, so just regarding the migrant community, what has been the significance for the migrant community in Australia for the May Day rallies? Because traditionally, they always have a very good representation at May Day. 
Yeah, well, I think, um, yes, they have. And it's spread the ideas of union solidarity and worker solidarity, both national and international, right through those various migrant communities. And I think it's helped to build the movement in Australia uh, at various times. And I think it could do so again. In fact, we have been talking to the Victorian um, Islamic Council in recent days, and they're as keen as mustard to be involved behind their banner in the May Day march this year. The representative from there, he, he wanted to know what to say. And uh, I said, well, the May Day people who were there will be really very much on your wavelength because they oppose the fascist activities uh, who are trying to generate anti-Muslim feeling that they, the people that go to May Day, would feel very much in solidarity with you. Well, they were quite shocked to know that there'd be uh, some thousands of people in Australia that would want to hear what they've got to say. So it shows you how much under siege they are. So I think that shows the sort of impact May Day can have if properly dealt with. Andrew, if I could just add to what Len's just said, the Melbourne May Day March has a 123-year-old history. So, so the question of solidarity and support for uh, refugees and migrant people is a double-edged sword because Australia's been enriched by people coming from Greece, from Turkey, from Pakistan mm. and other countries who have a very long tradition of uh, marching on May Day. So what we've had throughout the history of May Day is our traditions have been enriched by the support of uh, uh, but not only refugees but also migrant workers. Absolutely. As well as being a leading event in working class struggle, May Day has for a long time also put a lot of effort into expressing and allowing the uh, Aboriginal community to express the need for the struggle of the Indigenous community in May Day. Well, the Melbourne May Day Committee has actually always supported the Aboriginal people's struggle, their campaigning. And as long as I can remember, the committee has encouraged participants from the Aboriginal community to march in May Day. We've encouraged them to be in front of the march as a recognition as the uh, first Australians. And going back again decades, we used to uh, bring down a representative for the North Queensland Land Council, Mr Shorty O'Neill, who uh, was an outstanding spokesman for his people. And he used to talk about the situation in uh, North Queensland, quite horrific acts that existed at that time. Over more recent years, we've tried to explain to the people through our material the uh, deaths in custody, the uh, poor health uh, issues relating to the Aboriginal people and around the question of support for land rights. So probably in the last 50 years, in particular, the May Day Committee has actively participated and encouraged support for the Aboriginal people's struggle. Now, just to finish, obviously we've been talking about the history of May Day. This year, what are the main themes of May Day and what sections of the community are going to be participating in the May Day this year? Well, I think clearly the uh, policy positions and the issues being generated by the, the big banks and the wealthy throughout the world to continue to impose their uh, economic policies on the populations, which are basically in order to attack the conditions and welfare and wages and social conditions of the mass of the people in order for them to continue to, to amass their huge profits. 
and their control of the world's markets. I think the central issue about solidarity is to fight those common neoliberal policies across the globe. Uh, the people in every country, in one way or another, having to fight those neoliberal policies of privatisation, of uh, cuts to social welfare, cuts to people's income, attacks on workers' wages, attacks on democratic rights. That neoliberal policy package which is being forced on the world by the big banks and the big corporates, is really the central issue driving all of the separate issues and the struggles that we have. And so I think that, you know, to make a stand against the free trade deals, to make a stand against US bases and foreign bases in Australia, to make a stand for an independent foreign policy, to make a stand against those attacks is probably the fundamental question. Of course, who's going to be the next federal government? So uh, I think all of those issues need to be taken up in order that people can see what the Turnbull government is really on about and to put some pressure on the Labor opposition to come up with policies that serve the working class. Well, of course, the government has decided to conduct this election based on primarily an attack on the trade union movement. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's got the potential to go really bad on them because still a huge number of the population, first of all, don't know how bad the legislation is that they're proposing for the building workers. But they do know that anti-unionism is not really a policy program. They want other things done. It's also fairly telling that this year, there's been two reports that show that the biggest problem with the economy in Australia is the fact most of the biggest corporations in Australia don't pay any tax and yet this government's only focused on Mm. how they can take more money off of the workers and not off those that they serve so well. And that raises the question of course is how they possibly can even believe that they get expansionary policies to increase employment and living standards when in fact they're currently attacking the working class's living standards and their purchasing power and their wages. So, in fact, they're attacking the very thing that would give any chance of any growth. Just another point too, Andrew. Mayday Committee is concerned about the attacks on the uh, community organisations and we see that there's a growing um, movement amongst the people. Not as broad and as wide as we'd want at this stage, but the basis of it's there, the genesis is there, and we need to build on it. And what uh, Len's been doing through the uh, Melbourne Mayday Committee material that we've been uh, been sending out is a promotion of the communities in action. And uh, to that extent, uh, on a local basis... We understand that the Stop Smart Meters people will be marching again this year. There's a local group that's concerned about the expansion of Melbourne International Airport that's going to go right over people's homes. Involvement of the um, migrant organisations, trade union organisations and community groups. And if that can be developed and expanded, we've got the basis to expand the influence of Mayday. I think the other thing, Andrew, that I think you'd be aware of, often the organisations that take up local struggles are small. But they've got the potential to come together and march in March and May Day and put forward their claims and demands and be part of the people's struggle to highlight their issues of concern and build their movement. Well, on that very positive note, I'd like to thank you both for coming on today, uh, Bluey Rutherford and Len Cooper, and hopefully this program, when it's played on Sunday, will uh, herald in people coming along to the march. Um, It should be a a lovely day, and I uh, extend... Uh, Mayday greetings to the Mayday committee and hope they have a wonderful day. Thank you very much. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks very much.
Thank you for listening to Community Radio 3CR. Tune in again next week to another edition of Alternative News. I am Andrew Irving. Looking forward to your company next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.